Oh, hallelujah. I am so excited here. I can barely contain myself this morning. The Holy Spirit has some amazing plans for you and, uh, and for this house. Amen? Amen. But uh, how many of you ever wrestled with anything before? Oh, yeah. There you are. Anybody do an actual wrestling in like high school? I know we have the Leslie family. There you are, Pete. Okay. And uh, how many know wrestling is a very difficult sport? It really is an incredible, incredibly difficult. Can you see me up in the balcony? I can see you. Amen. So I want to talk to you about four areas that we wrestle in our lives. I felt like the Lord gave me this today for you, for somebody here. And... uh, the Bible has a lot to say, believe it or not, about wrestling. And there's four areas specifically on that. But uh, before I give you that, I want to tell you something a little funny. At least I thought it was funny. There was a man who was deaf, stone deaf. He lost his hearing at a young age. So for 30 straight years, he couldn't hear anything. And his doctor came up with some kind of miracle cure for, his, for the hearing impaired. And he... he put this apparatus on him. You couldn't see it. You couldn't tell he was wearing anything. And all of a sudden, he could hear for the first time in like 30 years. And he was kind of a quiet guy. He was kind of a stoic old buck, you know. And so he lived with his kids and that. And anyway, uh, he came back to the doctors like a month later. And the doctor said, how's it working? He said, I can hear perfect. And the doctor said, man, that is like amazing. What does your family think about that? He said, I haven't told anybody. (laughs) Ain't that good? (laughs) <laughs> he said, but I, I will tell you this, Doc, I've changed my will three times in the last 30, 30 days. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man, you never know who's listening, right? Praise God. Watch what you say. So the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Daniel that in the last days there'll be an attack uh, by what's called the spirit of Antichrist, if you know prophetic texts and Uh, How many of you believe we're living in those times right now, the last days? Yeah. And uh, many people are uh, what I would call weary and exhausted uh, in in the body. And I say that, I mean the corporate body of Christ. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt just like, wow, man, I am like fried to the point I can't even think straight and make Christ-honoring decisions? So you have to watch those things, okay? And I want to help you today understand where some of this is coming from. Um, so I believe we have that, but people battle. Um, <laughs> and what happens, there's a lot of reasons why we get tired. Uh, when the Supreme Court passes uh, you know, into law things, I'm not going to get all political. I'm just saying to you, I think you understand if you don't know anything about current events. And it's, uh, it's passed as legal and, and it's okay by the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's, not, but it's in total violation of God's word. How many know that causes the children of God to get exhausted? Okay, there you are. So you understand these things can be very, uh, cause us to, uh, what the apostle tells us not to do. He says, do not be weary in well-doing, right? Why? He says, because if you faint not, meaning you don't, you don't burn out or crash out or whatever, you don't get exhausted and walk away from the faith that you will one day reap a harvest. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the promises of God's word? That's a good place to say amen right there. And so, uh, so uh, here's what I know. Many people within the sound of my voice have been battling for a long, long time in one area or another. And if we're honest today, you know, if we're not honest, we can't get no help. I mean, we just play church and then we leave here the same way we came. But if we're honest, we realize that everyone struggles in uh, areas of their life. 
In other words, just because you've mastered one area, don't look down on somebody else who hasn't. Because, you know, it's like ignorance. You know, I heard, I heard a great man of God one time say, listen, we're all ignorant. It's just in different areas. Isn't that good? So, like, nobody knows it all. No one is, you know, stand up here with their chest. They got listen to me, man. I'm telling you, the minute somebody does that, especially as God's representative, uh, the Holy Ghost will fly like a bird will lift off a perch and he'll land somewhere else. So I say this humbly to you, that we struggle. And, in fact, we wrestle is the word. And Ephesians 6.10 it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle, there's that word, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many of you believe this is an evil day we're living in right now? Oh, my God, yes. You would have to live under a, a rock to not know that there are all sorts of things taking place in our world that, that are unprecedented and not in a good way. And you understand my heart. I'm not a doom and gloomer. I don't like the gloom and gloom. I'm not a negative person, but I am a realist. And if you understand this book, the Bible, you understand, folks, that we, where we're at on the prophetic uh, calendar, okay? And so, you know, having done all, he says, stand. Stand. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for your word. It is spirit and it is life, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that it's illuminated to our, our beings, our spiritual beings, by, uh, the, by the Holy Spirit. It's like a lamp that's turned on in a very dark place. So, God, I pray today you'll speak to our hearts and you'll change our lives. In Jesus' precious name, all God's people said. Amen. Amen. So there's four areas. I want to give you them very quickly today, but I feel this will be uh, helpful to you. Number one, we, uh, we battle against our own selves. <laughs> I'll preach to the one of you. Oh, two. Okay, is it three? Uh, we battle against our own self. So everyone has a different background, okay? Let's talk about it for a minute. Everybody has different uh, family structure, family dynamics, okay? But how many know that we all have inward struggles? Okay? All right, I'll preach to five of you now. Praise God. <laughs> The rest of you are just, you've obtained perfection. So I'm going to trade the mic with you, okay? Uh, think about this. Paul said it. The apostle Paul, he knew this better than anybody. And he was probably, I would say, the greatest Christian that ever walked the face of the earth next to Jesus himself, right? And Paul said it in Romans 7, 15. He said, I don't understand what I do. <laughs> do you ever sit back and say, what in the world did I do that for? Oh, there you are. Okay. All right. Uh, he, said, well, he said it 2,000 years ago. I don't understand what it is I do. Romans 7, 15 through like 19-ish and 23 there. But he said, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. What, what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, comma, I agree that the law is good. As it is no longer I myself who does it, but it's the sin that's living in me. For I know that good excel, itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. You ever been there? Come on, let's be honest, folks. You ever go on a diet? Where's Regina, my Brooklyn sister? You need to see her after. She'll, she'll, she'll take care of you. Amen? 
And so, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This, he says, this I keep on doing, like over and over, like a vicious cycle. Verse 20, this is Romans 7. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but it is the sin that's living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner, so again, inside, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. How many know we spent six weeks just talking about the mind here? The battle, winning the battle of your mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am, exclamation point. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But thanks be to God. (laughs) Thank God he ended with that, right? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Thanks be to God who delivers me. Can you say praise God? That's a good place to give God some praise there. Mm-hmm. So I understand this struggle. How many of you understand his struggle? There you are. That's what I love about this church. It's so real, you know. This is a, a friend of mine's got a great church in Scranton, and I saw a billboard. I was driving down 81 the other day, and this is what it said, no perfect people allowed. I'm like, that's my kind of church, man. I fit in there, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. We all need Jesus. Amen. We all need the help of the Holy Spirit, folks. Who are we kidding? Come on. We're regular people that has struggles at times. If the Apostle Paul, again, in the balcony, could said that he struggled and he doesn't understand why he keeps doing things like history repeats itself in a bad kind of way, then, what, then who are we? Thank God he gets victory in this area. Because this was early on in his ministry. So, I mean, don't use your habitual sinning to try to say it's justified by this verse. I just want a little disclaimer at the beginning of this message. Can you say amen? Amen. Whew, thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. He says, verse 18 and 19, For I know that in me there's no, in this flesh dwelleth no good thing in the King James. And for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will do, I do not do. But the evil I will not do, and that I practice. Somebody, somebody just got a call to ministry. Praise God. <laughs> we'll see you after church. Have we got a job for you? <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> so he says, I'm struggling inside. And, and in, inside my mind is a battle that wages. And, and, and listen, your life, we've said this before, but I want to say it again because it really helps. Your life is constantly moving in the direction of your most dominant thought. And you have to think about, loved ones, what it is you're thinking about. You know, if we could take a, a pie chart and show, like, how much time we're spending on our phone and then how much time we're, we're spending, you know, on the Version Bible app or, or the good old-fashioned, like, you know, ink on paper, how many know that there might be a little bit of an imbalance there? And so what we're feeding is what we're going to become. And so he says this, you know, you know, he, he says, this is inside of me. So listen, I want to say to you right at the outset, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting the good fight of faith. And that's what he also said. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Now, I have a suit of armor here somewhere. And maybe, we, can you guys, do you mind bring it over? They know I was going to do this, but just bring it over. We'll just set it in here somewhere. I used this a couple weeks ago. He says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Do you have your armor on today? Breastplate of righteousness, you know, belt, 
you know, truth, right? Feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Helmet of salvation. Shield of faith. Fends off the fiery darts of the enemy. I don't have time to get into all that. You can get the thing. Praise God. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, you're talking about my son. Oh, okay. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Gets his good looks from his mother. And, uh, so, you know, we have battles that wage, and I just, I want to do justice to this. I just want to take, is this okay to take a little bit of time here? Because I want this to sink in, take root, you know. So, you know, you've seen things in your family, sometimes from your mother or father that disturb you. And you've decided in your heart that you're not going to go down that same road. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There are things in the family trajectory, I could say it, or the family tree that we can learn from to improve, but if we're not careful, we start to battle and to wrestle and to struggle with the very thing that they struggle and wrestle with. Are you hearing me today? I'll just give you a couple of them. How about this one? Low self-esteem. Lack of confidence about something, you know. I mean, man, there's so much here. We don't feel like we're as smart or as intelligent or like, you know, I've had people literally tell me incompetence, and I'm just saying this to be helpful today. Pastor, I would love to join the, the, the Bible college here, the Bible school, the ministry school, but you know what? I'm just so afraid. I haven't been in school in years, and I, I'm just intimidated by tests and books. Let me tell you something. Don't let the enemy rob you from getting an education because I'll help you. Let me tell you, I'm a, I was, I've been a C-plus student my whole life. I am not, I've never been that. And if you're in that upper echelon, God bless you guys, you know. Amen? By the way, don't pick on that geeky kid. He might be your heart surgeon one day. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but I, like, I use it. Uh, you know, uh, how about this one? I wish I could make, I can't make money like some of these people do. I struggle in the area of finance, and I wrestle with this thing, and I, I look at the people that live down the end of the road. They always seem to have better things, and nicer clothes, and nicer car, and, and nicer house, and why can't we get there? It seems like our family has been doing nothing but struggling our whole life. You see, there's that struggle word again. It's an inward struggle. Nobody put anything on you, but you put it on yourself. Again, it's the power of the mind. Is this okay today? i just really been trying to be real. Some people struggle with authenticity, being true to themselves, you know. Somebody said to me today, Pastor, I love when you preach. You just kind of, you have this unique way of saying it. I'm like, I just, let me tell you the key to that. It's real simple. Just be yourself. I can't be anybody else. When I try, listen, David couldn't fit in Saul's armor, remember? I can't do it. Dad preached the message this morning. Get the tape, man. It was like amazing the last two 9 a.m. services last two Sundays were like incredible I'm like taking notes you know but I can't do that because that's not my calling does this make sense you got to walk in your own anointing amen? amen praise God and so you know what about this one uh, sexual perversions where do they come from temptations of the devil how many know the enemies the, the one that throws temptations our way but yet at the same time we battle our own inadequacies. We battle stuff. If we're honest now, and I'm trying to help you, we battle, we wrestle, you know. I tell I, listen, I deal with this all the time. I have young guy, men will tell me, I'm driving down the road, and I see some person jogging, and, I, and I'm like, uh, what am I supposed to do with that? It's the summertime. The, the clothes are getting shorter and shorter. And I said, there's a really good antidote. Like, I pray to Jesus, pray to Jesus, pray to Jesus. I said, yeah, don't, you don't even have to pray on that one, okay? There's this thing called your neck that your head sits on. Instead of waiting till you're so close to tell if it's a man or a woman or whatever, just use your neck to turn your head 
and you'll be just fine. <laughs> so here's another one I see in fam families struggle with mental disorders. And they're so afraid, they get fearful. There's a wrestling on the inside. There's a high percentage of families that have mental disorders. It's not like that's some worse thing than someone else has, a, has you know, a leukemia or something like that. It's just, it's, it is. It's there, you know. And we understand that we've, God has delivered us. But our inward struggle, again, I'm just talking about the humanity of us, the human side. Is this okay today? It's going to get better. But you've got to understand, we have struggles. And I've seen people worry. that my God, I don't want to be like my mother. What's going to happen to me? This is what happens to people all the time. I see it. And they'll come and they'll sit there in like a counseling session and say, I don't know what, I don't know what, I, I just, I'm so afraid that I, I'm going to lose my mind, you know. Let me, let me just help you here. <laughs> people who've lost their mind, they're the happiest people in the world. <laughs> you know why that is? I mean, let's just, again, we just, you know, you're laughing, you know, you know why it is? Because they don't even know it. They're happy. My wife took care of them many years, Alzheimer units and everything. She said, listen, they're happy in their own little world. It's not them with the problem. It's everybody else around them. Okay? So give yourself some grace here. Stop worrying and stressing over stuff, you know. You're creating in your own mind a war that's going on. You got to let stuff go. Amen? I, I, how about this one? Addictions, alcohol, chemical dependency, drugs. I heard, uh, you know, Steve Hill, you know, he's, my God, I tell you, yes. whoo, Jesus. You know, he was one of the men that, one of God's generals that went home too soon, you know, but he was used mightily in the Brownsville Revival. And John Kilpatrick, like, I don't know how many people know, this is in the 90s, but he was building a house. He had to relocate his house because they lost their privacy. You know, how many know when revival comes, there's some sideways energy that comes with it, man. When the world invades your church, Dad mentioned it this morning, there were more people saved in the Brownsville Revival that live in this entire Northeast region in one Assembly of God church. It was the largest and longest running revival in history of the United States. And I happened to be friends with the worship leader there and got to know some of these people a little bit, but... Steve was the evangelist that always gave the altar call. No one could give a, an altar call like old Steve. And anyway, Pastor Kilpatrick, the pastor, was building his house, and he got up on the roof, and he fell off the two-story roof, broke his leg so bad, he almost killed himself. And Steve was an ex-drug addict. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was like, the, if you ever saw his wanted pictures, like, man, oh, man, how God could clean a man up, you know. And, uh, but Steve was so real. And he went to visit pastor one Sunday because I obviously couldn't preach. He's laid up in the hospital. He went to visit him and he came in and he, was, he had a great sense of humor. He said, Pastor, he said, what are they giving you? He said, oh, Steve, they gave me morphine for my pain. He said, but it wasn't touching it. So they gave me Dilata. And Steve said, Dilata, move over. Let me sit next to you. <laughs> Listen to this. He says, I'm just kidding, but watch this. He said, but yet every day of my life, even though God's delivered me, is anybody home today? That temptation comes knocking at the door. So what do you do with that? You say, get behind me, Satan. I'm a child of the king. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. There's so many people, you know. They want to tell God, I'm going to do good, God. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to tell others about you. And, and next news you know, they start drifting. They start drifting away in their walk with Jesus. And again, Dad talked about it in the earlier service about a boat 
men fishing on a boat and they were having a good time fishing, but they didn't realize the current, the undercurrent was taking their boat and they got close to the edge of the falls uh, and they said, oh my God, do we have an oar, do we have anything? And they, didn't, and they weren't able to jump out and they plunged to their death. Understand, folks, it's a slow fade. It's usually when everything is going well that if we're not careful, we start drifting. Is anybody home here this morning? And we start drifting in our, and we start regressing. And we start taking for granted the things of God and, you know, and His Word. And so, you know, the Bible just has so much to say here. Um, I really want to do this justice, you know. You know, they, we start wrestling with things, you know. Listen, there's a reason that he said fight the good fight of faith. You've got to fight for your own family. You've got to contend for the faith. Joshua was given the promise of the promised land, but how many know he had to fight a lot of battles to actually inherit and possess the land? Man, I could tell you a million stories about this place and we were trying to build it, how the enemy would just come in with some kind of a crazy, crazy, you know, attack, you know. And then even in your mind, if you're honest, how many of you ever woke up and in your own, your own humanity now, aside from the spiritual stuff, in your own humanity, you'd have a, a crazy thought that would actually cause you even to break out in sweats, call them night sweats. Yeah. And so we wrestle at times. We, we struggle inside. We have inner struggles, you know. Some people struggle with giving in a church. They'll say, oh my God, I can't tithe in a church. I, I, I just don't agree with that. Because you struggle with finance. And so we, 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 this makes sense today. Amen. Don't worry. We already received the offering, so don't worry about it. I'll give yourself some grace here, my God. You people look so serious to me. But, you know, and then we go to do something, and we're like, man, I'm going to tithe this week. I'm going to start tithing this brand new year or whatever. I feel like I'm going to be obedient to the word. And all of a sudden, that fear and that worry of not having enough money comes like this. Is anybody home? Comes knocking at your door. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, sin is crouching at your door. Sin is crouching at your door. And so there's a wrestling that goes on, you know. And so here's what you got to do. When you, when, you, when you feel that, you've got to start to quote. And I'll, I'll give you these antidotes. So I'll be quick. First John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Amen? Amen. Thank God God delivered us. Amen, Ed? Amen. From the vile lifestyles we once lived. Amen. Here we are by the grace of God. Right, Angel? Amen. By the grace of God. Right, Basil? By the grace of God, you know. And so we struggle. And then here's the second one. I'll give you this really quick. Everybody okay today? Yes. Second one is uh, we battle against. Now, this isn't going to contradict the word, but I just want you to hear me. We, we, we battle and wrestle against people's issues. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me with this one. See, God in heaven, in the Old Testament, I'll give you this really quick. When he delivered the children out of Israel, why did they still have to fight battles? If you, I, I, Judges 3, 2 says he did this only to teach. There was, listen, there was a whole generation of Hebrew children that never experienced the battles and the struggles of their descendants, of their ancestors. Now, God said, listen, this isn't Judges. Don't turn. Let me just read it to you. And I, you guys don't even have this back there. Uh, Judges 3, 2. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not previous, had no previous battle experience. Just think about that just for a minute now. 
God's saying, I'm going to leave some enemies for you to struggle with so you'll become stronger. Think about that. Not wild. That's a wild verse right there. It's like, whoa. So we battle against ourselves, and then four things. And we battle against other people's issues. Now, I know the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Don't get ahead of me. I get that. We're going to deal with that in just a minute. But how many of you know so we're not fighting? He's talking about we're not fighting physically with people, hopefully, okay, at this point. You know, we're all adults in this room, I hope. And I walked into a funeral parlor one time. It was an all-out fist fight. I'm like, man, I'm just here to say the blessing, okay? I mean, fist swinging, it was, you know, it was crazy, Ron. I mean, and I, you know, God bless, I won't say the funeral home, but he broke it up. He did a good job. Then everything was calm. I mean, I could write a volume of books just on church life, man. I mean, it wasn't members, okay? Uh, yeah, you know, I was asked to officiate like I did one yesterday here and at a wedding the day before. But like, we try to help this community, but sometimes it just ain't pretty. There's, there's family issues. There's, there's a wrestling that goes on, right? When we deal with people's issues and stuff. And I was doing this, <laughs> this funeral, and I was like, already I was a little leery because I knew there was some property involved and everybody, how many know the old song, old country song, where there's a will, there's a relative. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were all mad, they wanted the place, and I don't know, whatever the deal was, Ron, but it, you know, it wasn't <laughs> clarified or something or other. Well, then they had the dinner back here. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Do I have to go to that dinner? And I thank God, my wife, you know how I many she keeps me, uh, uh, she's, you have to go to that dinner. I said, I don't want to go. You have to go to it. She's a tough, I mean, she's like five foot two, she's like a, a dynamite, she packs a punch, you know. She's like 2.0 of my mom, you know what I mean? She's got that thing going, you know. So I went to the dinner, I went to the meal, it was great. There was no problem at all. And, you know, they were praying, uh, Carolyn, and then we're hearing some of them in the office, and some of the other ones, you know, they're Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I go in there and have the, the meal, and I, everybody's happy. I leave, and I was like, oh, thank you, God. I get, I'm just, is this okay? I'm just being vulnerable with you. Brian, you understand this. You know, we're dealing with people's issues is what we're talking about. There's a wrestling that goes on. There's a struggle. And uh, I get in the office, and I was like, Oh, thank God. They said, is everything okay? I said, yeah. How'd it go, Pastor? I said, it went great. I said, there's no problem other than that little, you know, scuffle at the, you know, viewing or whatever. What a place to have a fight, right? Anyway, um, you know, Mike. <laughs> and so, but up here, there was no problem in the house of God. You know, sometimes when people, you know, eat, their muscles, you know, have to relax in their stomach and they have some fellowship. And so they're going to go on their way, whatever. So I just left them. It was over. It was, it was over. They were like picking up the trash. Honestly, I stayed there the whole time. Make sure you keep the peace or whatever you call it. And, uh, and, and so they said, oh, that's good. So I went home uh, and to change and get out of this suit and all stuff. And, you know, and uh, there, there's a side that the only preachers understand that is very draining of those things, right? Because it's a, like, a, anyway. Uh, and I went home and then uh, my daughter-in-law called me on the phone and she said, oh, Pop, you won't believe what happened. I said, what? She said, the cops were here. I said, the cops? <laughs> Yeah, they broke out in some kind of a, you know, shoving match over here. I mean, these are 50, 60-year-old grown men. It's like, what in the world, you know? Jesus. So, you know, do we wrestle against people's, not, but issues, yes. How about you? Do you ever wrestle against people's issues? <laughs> some of you are laughing. You know, come on. How many of you have a mother-in-law? Not my, mine's an angel. Okay, Gene, if you're watching, that's not personal, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And we wrestle against people's issues, you know. 
are struggling. Sometimes people don't feel, and I'm just speak to women for a minute, in their own mind they deal with all kinds of sorts of things, you know. Sometimes we don't feel like we're attractive as somebody else. Is this okay today? And I want to help. This is helpful. The Word of God is very helpful. We're str- we look at somebody else when we do, listen folks, what God forbids us to do, and that's we start comparing ourselves. Do you know, Paul said it's, it's foolishness to compare yourselves amongst yourselves. Somebody's always going to have better clothes. Somebody's always going to have a better car. Somebody's always going to have more money in the bank, a nicer house or whatever. Let me tell you, the good news is you can't take any of that with you. Amen. And God in heaven allows us at times to struggle because how spoiled rotten would we be if we didn't ever struggle? If we never had to fight for something, you know. And so, you know, we worry. People worry, you know. Sometimes people get jealous in ministry. I've seen that one. Oh, God. Don't get jealous of me. Are you kidding me? Do you want to do this job? I'll call you when there's a, there's a fist fight at the funeral parlor, okay? <laughs> I mean, my God. It's like kids, you know. Church league softball. Do I need to say any more? You know. Yeah. You know, and th- listen, this is the 13th anniversary of our very first meeting in this new facility, 13 years ago today. Can we just take a minute and give God some praise for what he's done here? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And it's, it's wonderful. It is. And yet it's challenging, too, because, again, we're dealing with human lives here. And, and, and if we're not careful, the enemy wants to blow up in our mind how good someone else has it. Trust me, we all struggle. Amen. That's the problem with social media. We get on that thing. Uh, people take pictures of their food today. It's like they're always living on top of the world. Just look at me in my big fat life, you know. Come on, you know, we all do it too. I'm not saying that's always the intention when people post, but you know, my God, they tell us that excessive amounts of social media leads to full-blown depression. Why do you think that is? It's like 101. We're comparing our life to somebody else. Guess what? Headline news. God didn't call you to be anybody else. He called you to be the best version of you that you could possibly be. If you believe that, give God some praise. So, you know, we fight and wrestle against these things. You know, people get this ministry crazy. I don't know why God doesn't use me like that. You know, I've got a call. I'm called to the nations of the world. Right? That's like you might want to start by reading the first page of the first course. See average. I'm telling you, take it from me, folks. I ran from this for many years. And you find that you can run, but you can't hide. Amen. Amen. So don't, get, don't sit on the back row and get mad at somebody that's being used of God. God has a special anointing for you to walk in. Yes. A special call. Listen, you'll reach people I'll never reach. I've had people over in 13 years just here. I've been pastoring. Folks, I've been in full-time ministry. 20, this is my 25th year. I mean, it's hard to believe, you know. For a guy that's 28 years old looking like me, right? <laughs> but it's true. Um, people get, they get jacked up over all kinds of stupid stuff. And here's, I've always asked the question, I learned this from my own dad. You've got to ask yourself, if you're going to up and leave a church, like what about, what are your kids seeing there? Just put yourself on the, on the sir, on, on, uh, you know, off the throne for a minute, okay? What are your children watching when you get all huffy or mad over something somebody said or somebody did in a church and now you're not even in church anymore? 
Amen. Is this okay? Come on. We all know people. I, you know, I had a, one guy come back one time and apologize to me. He's a good man, a good friend of mine. He said to me, you know what, Pastor? I was so mad at you that I left the church. That's like in the old church. I got blown up. And You know, how many understand the enemy's putting thoughts in your mind here? Even when I'm preaching to you. Oh, God, I could give you so many verses for this. What do you do with the parable of the sower? It gets snatched away, just like now. He doesn't want you to hear when I'm trying to impart spiritually to you. I get attacked in my mind sometimes even when I'm trying to preach. You say, does the devil try to speak to you? Yeah, oh yeah. You know why I'm saying that? So you can identify with me and you say, that's what I go through when I'm sitting here sometimes. You understand, you know, they had them shirts a couple years ago. The struggle's real. It really is real. If we're honest, we want to put our heads in the clouds or bury our head in the sand and say, I don't have many problems. Ever since I'm saved, I'm just, uh, you know, floating on clouds up there with Jesus. Really, I would question your Christianity. But I had this guy tell me, he said, I left, I got so mad at you, I didn't even know he was mad. You know, do you realize, folks, that you get mad, if, we have, if we're not careful, we hold this unforgiveness thing, and the person that's offended us is skipping through life, I don't even have an idea that, we, that anything, they did anything to us. That's what he said. He said, I got so mad at you, Pastor, I... Like I had visions of, I would like murder you. I would, I would do something to bodily harm you. And I left the church in a huff. And then he said, after time, I mean a lot of time, like years. How many of the enemy wants to steal your very life from you? Amen. He said, I started to think when I drove by this church that it actually it wasn't even you I was mad at. He said, I actually was, I, I, I thought I was mad at God. Because there were some things in my own life. You see how this works? The accuser of the brethren, right? And he said, I, I was mad at God, and I, I was upset, and I was ticked. And he said, then after more time went on. How many know time can be a wonderful healer, right? Amen. That he said, I realized something, that it wasn't you I was mad at, Terry, and it wasn't God I was mad at. Watch this. I was mad at my own self. Amen. So there's a struggle that goes on, not only inwardly in our humanity, but also with other people's issues and stuff, man. You know, and, and at least I find it a struggle, you know, and let me tell you, people are not your problem. They're a conduit of what the enemy's trying to do against you. Here's the third one. I hope you're taking notes. We battle against demonic forces. Let me say this in high places, including seats of government. Don't get mad at me now. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, or whichever way you voted. Let me tell you something, friend. You could not look at the, at the American political landscape right now and, and everything could just sit well with you if you even have a clue what's going on today. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness in this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You know why the devil hates prayer so bad? Because Jesus said, if any two of you, think of this, will agree on touching anything in my name, I will do it. Think about that. Think what happens when we don't agree. Who fights us to try to get us disagreeing? And again, this is a very healthy church I'm speaking to, okay? Agreed, right? But you see, he's the one that causes division in your family, come on, yes, amen. in your church, amen. at your job, with your boss, okay, whatever the situation might be, in your business, 
It's not God. God brings a spirit of unity. You need verses for that? Let me give you this one. How good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Amen? Psalm 133. It's like the oil that's poured out on the head. Let me tell you, God always anoints the head first and then the body. I wish I had the time. That's a sermon in itself. He anoints the head. That's why you don't want to come against the head of God has established in a place like even this. I'm not saying don't disagree with me. You know, we can sometimes we just agree to disagree, right? As long as I know I'm right, I'm okay. (laughs) But the unity comes when how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. So if God wants unity, guess who wants disunity? Right? I know it sounds elementary and simple, but simple does not mean easy. You still with me? So he wants us to look at other people and what they're doing or not doing according to our standards so we can somehow get us sidelined from the call that God has on our own life. Right? Here's the, here's the deal. I'm not going to give an account. Well, you're not going to give an account for anybody except your own self. And let me tell you, if somebody's doing something wrong, they're going to stand before God one day. They ain't getting away with nothing. Joyce Meyer, I heard her say one time, you know, uh, you know Joyce, you got to love her, you know. She was doing some conference and this lady came up to her and said, you know, I just can't stand my, my pastor. He's driving around some big fancy car and, you know, I'm get, paying my tithe. I mean, this is years ago, you know, and, and I don't think it's right. And she said, well, let me tell you something. First of all, God is not against prosperity, okay? And, you, and he said, but if, she said, if he is doing something wrong, it'll all come out in the wash one day. So don't waste your energy about somebody else not doing that. How many know we got enough, a hard enough job just trying to keep our own nose, nose clean sometimes, right? I don't know about you, but I can't hardly measure up to God's standard. I can't even measure up to my own standards if, we're, if you're going to be honest about it here today and get some help in here, right? Not in my own strength, understand, aside from the Holy Spirit and power. Amen? And so, you know, so the enemy fights a church come and really what a corporate prayer meeting my mom said to me we need to get back to prayer I said you're right mom I've been feeling it on my heart too just call the entire solemn assembly that's why we'll do seasons of fasting and prayers the entire body right seek the, the heart of God but really a, a corporate prayer meeting is what I would call another name for it is a wrestling match and what you're doing is you're wrestling these demonic powers to the mat so you can get victory in your own life can you say amen yes, I'm almost done. And so, you know, there's three ways to resist the devil. Number one, you can lay hands on your own self. The Bible said resist the devil and he will flee. Amen? Those attacks of the mind. I sleep really good. I literally woke up last night. It's amazing. You know what? I know that the enemy knew I was going to preach this message today. I had this crazy, crazy thought. You know? And that's what it was, a crazy thought. And, and I discerned it, Karen. I'm telling you, within about 30 seconds, I was like, get behind me, devil. Who do you think your kid out of this house? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Amen. Amen? That's why the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, we've got to have it in our mouth and we can just immediately call it. That's why we've got to feed on the word so we have it in our heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sit against thee. Amen? Second way of three ways to resist it. I'll just give you this quick. A person of God is to have a person of godly stature come and lay hands on you. You know, Brother Ted is coming here a week tonight to Honesdale to thrive. That's like a dream come true to us because I've envisioned for years that campus up there 
and that park and seeing a big old tent up there filled with Holy Ghost believers. Can you say praise God? Where devils are cast out, where bodies are healed, where souls are saved, where people are baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, empowered to live a victorious Christian life. I've seen it in here. It's vision. That's what God gives you. Vision, right? And so, although we're not starting with the tent, but we're going to establish a beachhead up there with a, with a man who flows, a man of godly stature, you know. So, you see, that's how you get delivered many times from things that you're wrestling with, as, hence what we're talking about today. And then, uh, and then another way, again, is to join together with a few faith-filled believers. Not just anybody, but people that have faith like you do, the Bible calls it precious like faith. Dr. Jesse DePlantis talked eight years ago, did a whole thing, whole series on precious like faith. Just because someone has faith doesn't mean that they have the same like faith as you. Amen? I can't believe for divine healing with somebody if they're not going to believe with me. Okay? Um, so again, you know, let me say this, you know, there's spirits, and I, I don't want, you don't think I'm going off the deep end with this, but understand, there's demonic spirits all around Churches. Man, I'm telling you, and I, I've never been given one to a lot of that stuff, but I know people who that's their spiritual gift. And I mean, not that you're not chasing demons under teacups. I'm not talking about, you know, you know whatever you call, you know, the wicked witch of the West or something like that, okay? We have full authority and jurisdiction over them. But I'm telling you, folks, in a church that is now celebrating the 13th anniversary in this place, and a year number of our Lord, 105 years, we've been so blessed to have people of prayer and people of the Spirit that actually pray and stand like a watchman on the wall over this place. Can you say amen? amen? And so, man, I mean, we've had meetings where people have like literally seen things, like crazy stuff, both good and bad. Amen? Did I overdo it? You sure you don't want to get up and stretch, you know, touch your toes, touch your neighbor's toes, something like that? Praise God. God, I have so much here. Listen to this. I love this. Psalm, say, what do we do about it, Pastor? Psalm 18, 39. Listen to this. I love this verse. You have armed me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Whew! This is David. David, God's man. How many know God has armed you with strength for the battle? Amen? Amen. You know, I want to ask you, are you contending for revival in, in, in your life and in your family and in your church and in your dad said in your community? You mentioned Brownsville, man. I mean, wow. I've been there five times Remember, we took that group of teenagers down there. 33 people went down there, flew into New Orleans. First time I ever flew or drove across I-10. Let me tell you how powerful God is, friends. And just little glimpses I've had of him. We'll never know the full extent until we get the glory. But I remember driving the van across I-10. And our kids, we had 33 people with us on that trip. Dad was driving in one van, I was driving there. The, the worship music was playing. And I mean, I'm talking about anointed worship, you know. Not if, even if the healing doesn't come, okay? I'm talking about worship music. And it was like silent. And I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw those kids, teenagers, just like these children they were talking about before with their hands raised, tears streaming down their face, praying in the Holy Ghost. Do you know many of those kids are gone off into full-time ministry now? That was an empowerment for service. And so let me give you this lastly. Here's the other one. We also wrestle against Almighty God. 
How many of you ever wrestled with the Lord? Man, I have. Any preacher is worth the salt knows what it's like to wrestle with the Lord while you're getting messages up. Because your flesh will constantly try to fight you. Like every living step of the way, you know. The worship team would come back. The story of Jacob in the Bible, Genesis 32. You know, he, he wrestled and wrestled with God. You know this. The Bible said he wrestled the angel of the Lord through the night. And God finally knocked his hip out of, out of joint. Can you imagine? God, why are you limping? God punched me. You know? I mean, think about it. And he said, he said to God, listen, you know this. He said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's called wrestling with the Lord. He, can I tell you, at that point, those of you that know biblical history... He had everything a man could ever have. He had already, listen, he had his father's blessing that he stole the birthright blessing, remember? He swindled it off his own brother, Esau. He had married Leah, thinking he married Rachel. How would you like to do that? Wake up with the wrong bride. That would be awkward. And then seven years in the balcony, seven years he worked for Laban, right? And then... He was married to Rachel, who was beautiful, right? And then he had, listen, all the flocks, all the herds, all the money, all the wealth and everything that are people that we all strive and fight and work so hard for down here. And yet, watch this, when he wrestled with God, it was as if he was saying, I've had my fill of everything that the world has to offer me. But I haven't had enough of you, Lord. And he said, what is your name? How about that? Do you think God didn't know his name? I think he wanted him to say what it was. And he says, your name is, my name is Jacob. From the time in the womb, he reached out and grabbed his brother by the heel to pull him out so he could come out first on top. Right? And God said, what is your name? My name is Jacob. And God said, no longer will your name be called Jacob, but it'll now because your name will be Israel. I've given you favor and power with God and with man, your own nation. And so let me tell you what, some of you are here today, and this is what I feel the Holy Spirit showed me. I close with this. That some of you have wrestled, and yet you haven't yielded to what God fully has for you. And I don't know why. I've done it too at times. We hold on to this thing thinking it's like we settle for second best. But God wants to change you in a way that you'll come alive. He wants to bring you deliverance. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to bring you salvation. Amen? And change your name. And your name will no longer be a person who struggles or a person who's wrestling but a person whose name is written in the book of life and is now known as a world changer in God's eye view. If you believe that, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's give God a big hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.